Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam wa rasulullah. You're listening to Islam tomorrow. We're here in Upland, Upland, California, with our brothers and sisters of all ages. And what we'd like to do now is to present something from the Quran, a beautiful story that has a big lesson and a lot of little small lessons to go along with it. And it's kind of fun, too. So we're going to have this in the Arabic first. Quran is only Quran in the Arabia. So we'll begin with that. And then we'll switch over and give the translation of the meaning to the Inglesi or English language. And then try to understand what's going on with this particular chapter or surah of the Quran. To recite the Arabia, I have the pleasure to bring Ahmed al-Kurdi, who happens to be very near and very dear to me. And here is Sirtul Baruj. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والسماء ذات البروج واليوم الموعود وشاهد ومشهود قتل أصحاب الأخدود النار ذات الوقود إذ هم عليها قعود وهم على ما يفعلون بالمؤمنين شهود وما نقموا منهم إلا أن يؤمنوا بالله العزيز الحميد الذي له ملك السماوات والأرض والله على كل شيء شهيد إن الذين فتنوا المؤمنين والمؤمنات ثم لم يتوبوا ثم لم يتوبوا فلهم عذاب جهنم ولهم عذاب الحريق إن الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات لهم جنات لهم جنات تجري من تحتها الأنهار ذلك الفوز الكبير إن بطش ربك لشديد إنه هو يبدئ ويعيد وهو الغفور الودود ذو العرش المجيد فعال لما يريد هل أتاك حديث الجنود فرعون وثمود بل الذين كفروا في تكذيب والله من ورائهم محيط بل هو قرآن مجيد في لوح محفوظ Alhamdulillah, and we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for preserving the Qur'an so that we can hear it today as it was revealed 1400 years ago. And alhamdulillah, we thank Allah for those who have memorized the Qur'an, those who recite it, and those who practice it. And we thank Ahmed for this beautiful recitation. Now, let us look to the translation and the meaning of this. And then I would like to tell you a little story, inshallah. It begins in the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful, 
Allah swears by the heaven holding the big stars and by the promised day and the witness day and the witness day meaning the day of Friday and the day of Arafat on the ninth of Bulhijjah cursed Allah is telling us cursed were the people of the ditch and this is the story I'm going to be reading to you in a minute of fire fed with fuel when they sat by the fire and they witnessed what they were doing against the believers by burning them and they had no guilt except that they were believing in Allah the Almighty worthy of all praise to whom belongs the dominion of the heavens and the earth and Allah is witness over everything Verily, those who put to trial the believing men and the believing women by torturing them and burning them, and then they don't turn in repentance to Allah, then they will have the torment of hell and they will have the punishment of the burning fire. Verily, those who believe and do righteous good deeds, for them will be gardens underneath which rivers flow in paradise. And that is a great success. Verily, O Muhammad, Allah is speaking to Muhammad Verily the seizure or punishment of your Lord is severe and painful. Verily, he it is who begins punishment and repeats punishment in the hereafter. And he is oft forgiving, full of love towards those who are pious and true believers in monotheism. He's the owner of the throne the majestic. He is doer of whatever he wills to do. Allah says, Has the story reached you about the hosts of Pharaoh? That means Pharaoh. And Thamud. No, the disbelievers persisted in denying the message of monotheism. And Allah encompasses them from behind, meaning that all their deeds are within His knowledge and He will pay them back for what they do. Nay, but this is a glorious recitation, the Quran, inscribed in Allah al-Mawpuz, means the prescribed tablet. MashaAllah. Now we heard the Arabic, we heard the English translation. Let us now understand the meaning. And I want to explain this to you that the Quran is preserved in the original Arabic language as we heard it recited. The meanings, though, have to be understood according to what Muhammad, peace be upon him, said it means. He is the one chosen by Allah to be the one reciting this Quran, this recitation. So it is not up for us today to decide what it means. Otherwise, what would be the value if each person can make up their own meaning? So, with regard to this chapter or surah of the Quran, the Prophet, peace be upon him, told us an amazing story. This story was memorized and then passed on to us. It's collected in a book called Sahih Muslim, volume 4, the Hadith number is 7148. And it's narrated on the authority of a companion of Muhammad's by the name of Shu'aib. And he said, the Prophet of Allah, the Messenger of Allah, Muhammad, peace be upon him, says, now I'm going to read the story to you. 
Among the people before you, there was a king and a magician. When the magician became old, he said to the king, I have become an old man. Get me a boy so I can teach him how to do this magic. So the king sent a boy to him to teach him this magic. Whenever the boy would go to the magician, he used to sit along the way with a monk. A monk is a religious person from Christianity. And whenever the boy would sit there, he would listen and he used to really enjoy these talks. So when the magician, when he would go to the magician, he would stop by this monk and sit with him. And when he visited with him, he would become late. So because he was late, when he got to the magician, the magician would beat him. So on the way back, he would stop and listen to this monk speak about God and religious things. But then, when he got home, his parents would beat him for being late. So he told the monk about this and he said, you know, what you should do when you go to the magician, just tell him that your parents made you late. And when you go to your parents, just tell them that, I, that the magician made you late and this, then you'll be okay. So this, the boy carried on like this for quite a period of time. But one day as the boy was going along the main road, there was a huge creature or beast or monster. Some of the translations, the old ones, they said dragon. Well, there's no such thing as a dragon. But it was a monster of some kind, possibly a lion or something like this, in the way. And the people were not able to pass. They were afraid. The boy said, today I'm going to find out if the magician is better or the monk. So he picked up a stone and he said, by Almighty God, by Allah, if the deeds and actions of the monk are liked by you, better than those of this magician then kill this creature so the people can cross the road the boy threw the stone it hit the beast and killed it dead and the people were able to pass by the boy went to the monk and told him what happened and the monk said to him oh my son today you become better than me you have achieved what I see and you are going to be put to test and in the case that you are put to trial do not inform the people about me the boy used to treat the people suffering from born blindness and leprosy and skin diseases and other diseases. And a blind person from the court of the king heard about this boy. And he came and brought a number of gifts for the boy and said, All these gifts are for you on condition you can cure me from being blind. The boy said, I do not cure anybody. It is only Almighty God, Allah, who cures the people. So if you believe in Allah, then ask Allah and he will cure you. And the man then believed in Allah. And then Allah cured him. Later, this blind one came to the king and sat in his place where he usually sat. But the king asked, How are you able to see? And the man said, My Lord, Allah, gave me my sight. The king said, Do you have another Lord beside me? He said, My Lord and your Lord is the same. Almighty God, Allah. The king got hold of him and kept on tormenting him until he informed him about the boy. So they brought the boy. The king said to the boy, Oh boy, 
Has your knowledge of magic reached to the level that you can now cure people born blind, the lepers, the people with skin diseases, and so and so? The boy replied, I don't cure anybody. It is only Allah alone who gives the cure. The king got hold of him again and kept on tormenting him until he informed him about the monk. And the monk was brought. And it was said to the monk, give up your religion and turn apostate. The monk refused to turn away from his belief in Allah. Then the king ordered to bring a saw. And they put the saw in the middle of the scalp of the man and they cut him in two and he fell in two pieces. Then they brought the blind man and said to him, give up your religion. The blind man refused. So they put the saw in the middle of his scalp and they cut him in half until he fell in two pieces. Then they brought the boy and they said to him, give up your religion and the boy refused. So the king ordered some of the people of his court to take the boy to a big mountain and said, go up the mountain till you reach the top and see if he turns away from this religion. Otherwise, throw him off the top of the mountain. So they took him and they started going up the mountain and the boy realized what was going to happen and he said, Oh Allah, save me by any way you wish. So the mountain shook by an earthquake and all of them came down and died except the boy and the boy went walking back to the king. The king asked, Where are your friends? The boy said, Allah, save me from them. The king then ordered some of the other people from his court to take the boy on a boat to the middle of the sea and he told them if he doesn't turn away from this religion throw him in the sea so they took him and on the way the boy realized what was going to happen and he said oh God oh Allah save me by any way that you will so Allah made a storm come up and the boat capsized and all the people were drowned except the boy and the boy went walking back to the king the king said, Where are your friends? The boy said, Allah save me from them. And then he said to the king, You can never kill me until you do what I command. The king said, Well, what do you command? He said, Gather all the people in an upland place and fasten me to the stem of a tree. Then take an arrow out of my quiver and put it in the bow, and then you have to say, In the name of Allah, the Lord of the boy, then shoot me. If you do that, you will kill me. The king was happy with this, so he gathered all the people in the upland place, and fastened the boy to the stem of a tree, took an arrow out of the quiver, put it into the bow, pulled it back, and then he said, In the name of Allah, the Lord of this boy. And he shot the arrow. The arrow hit the boy in the head right in the skull and the boy fell down and died and the people began hollering we believe in Allah the Lord of the boy we believe in Allah the Lord of the boy we believe in the Lord of the boy the king became furious with this and somebody said to him this is the thing which you were afraid of by Allah the thing which you were afraid of has now fallen on you the people don't believe you as the Lord. They believe in the Rabbil Alameen, the Lord of the worlds. So the king became even more furious. And he ordered that they would dig big ditches 
at the entrance of the roads. And when that was done, then he ordered a fire to be built in these ditches. And the king ordered that whoever did not turn away from this belief and this religion, he would be cast into these ditches. And it was done. Then there came a woman with her baby, a brand new baby. She nearly retreated back from the ditch, but then the baby spoke and said, Oh, my mother, be patient, for you are on the truth. So she threw herself into the ditch along with her baby to become martyrs in the paradise. In Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, Huwaladi Jalana Muslimin, that this is showing us for sure that regardless of the trials and tribulations, regardless of the fitna that Allah puts us in in this life, it is only a test. Reflect back on the words from the Quran in Surah Al-Baruj and think what Allah said. That these people were being punished for nothing more than they believe in Allah. Alone, without any partners. They're being punished for their monotheistic belief. They're being punished by those who don't believe. Especially those who want people to think that they are the Lord. And so, how is this incident, which took place before Muhammad, peace be upon him, which took place during the Christian period, how is this any different than what the Jews have suffered when they also stood up for monotheism? Go back to the time of Pharaoh and how they were so mistreated. And how is this any different than the Muslims who also stood up for this same belief and then how they were treated. So if you suffer for the sake of Allah, just because you believe in Allah, then your reward will be with Allah. You will lose nothing. In fact, this is the best for you. Sometimes Allah puts us in these conditions to test us, to show us, are we really believers or are we just talking about it? I hope, inshallah, God willing, that this is a lesson that all of us will learn today and take to heart. And remember, when we see things happening around us, that Allah lets these things happen for a reason. And we have to be patient, persevering, and steadfast. And Allah says in the Quran, A'udhu billahi min shaitani rajim, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, wal asr, innal insan lafi khusr. And Allah swears by the passage of time. And this is something that only Allah knows about. Because we don't know about time really, do we? We can make a time piece. We mark time. We waste time. But we really don't know what time is. And Allah swears by time. That all of His creation of the human beings will be destined for the hellfire. Except for those who come to this correct belief that there is only one God and He has no gods beside Him. La ilaha illallah. And they do the deeds of righteousness. So it's not sufficient that you believe, but you must also work. You must have deeds, good deeds. And even then, all of your belief and all of your deeds together will not save you. But only the Rahmah of Allah will save you. Only the grace. And none are saved except by grace. And this the Prophet ﷺ taught us. He said, after one of the prayers, he turned to his community, to the 
Jaman, he said, none will be saved. None will enter the paradise except by the rahmah, the grace of the most gracious Allah. They said, even you? He said, even me. For sure. This is amazing. What beautiful grace. It continues in the translation now of the meaning of the surah. And it says, and they encourage and exhort each other to the haqq la ilaha illallah. They're always calling each other back to the true meaning of what is Islam. To submit to Allah. To do what Allah wants you to do instead of doing what you want to do. Doing God's will on earth as it is in heaven. And they encourage and exhort each other in being steadfast, persevering, and patience. And may Allah give us that. Amen. You've been listening to Islam tomorrow. We've been talking about Surah Al-Baruj, chapter 85 in the Quran, and what the Prophet, peace be upon him, taught us about the boy and the king and the magician. Stay tuned for more right here on Islam tomorrow. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Oh, by the way, I should mention, we are in Upland, California. California. <laughs>